Tonight I'm going to talk to you about a simple message, just a simple concept. Do good. There it is. Do good. That's exciting, isn't it? We tell our kids, we say, be good. And you know what we really mean when we say be good? Don't do anything bad. Right? I mean, that's really what you mean. I mean you know, be good. You know, don't do something stupid. Do, you know, don't do anything bad. But in this world, a lot of the time, people get made fun of for being good. They call you things like a goody-goody or a do-gooder. But the message tonight is not about just not doing anything bad. No, it's about doing good. It's about being a do-gooder. I want to be a do-gooder. Acts 10, 38 tells us that Jesus went about doing good. Yes, he did. He went about doing good. Now, I just want you to think about this. That goes on and it says, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And, you know, there were many mighty works that Jesus did. You know, he said that we would also do those works and greater works if we believe. But I just want to focus on this part tonight that Jesus went about doing good. And so should we. In fact, if, if we're going about doing good, I, I think we're going to see a lot more of those miracles happen. But we just need the simple obedience of just obeying the word of the Lord to do good. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 16, we talked about it on Sunday, let your light so shine before men. How's it going to shine? So shine before men that they may see your good works. There it is. How are they going to see it? How are they going to see your light? Well, you know, I just glow for Jesus. Uh, that, you know, that's a nice idea. It's not talking about a bright personality. It's not talking about a shiny forehead. No, it, it's talking about what you do, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I want you to know, when we do good, it glorifies God. Amen. When, when Christians do good, it glorifies God. It brings praise to him. It draws attention to him when we really do good. It honors the Lord. We were created to do good. Ephesians 2.10, we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. For what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We were created for good works. Apple trees bear apples. Orange trees bear oranges. New creations in Christ bear good works. I want to tell you, when you do what God created you to do, you'll find fulfillment and joy in your life. What were you created for? He says good works. And he has preordained certain things for you to do. There's good works for every single one of us that God wants us to fulfill in this world. See, when we do good, we're fulfilling God's purpose in our life. And what an amazing life. 
when we do the things God created us to do. We ought to be so busy doing good, we don't have time to be bad. I mean, if you got time to be bad, you're just not busy doing good. I'm just telling you. If you're struggling with being bad, you need to start doing more good. Mm-hmm. You know, teachers understand that. Sometimes that bad kid, they just got to give him an extra job to do. But no, it's more than that. Our Father wants us to do what he created us to do. Do good. We're going to go to Galatians chapter 6, begin with verse 9, and I'm going to give you four key points tonight, and y'all are going to get out by 8.30. Everybody believes that? Say amen. Amen. All right, that's pretty good. We got enough in agreement. I believe it's going to happen. Amen. We'll overcome all those doubters. Galatians chapter 6, beginning with verse 9, he says, And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. First, how often should we do good? He says... Don't grow weary in doing good. In due season, we'll we'll reap if we don't faint. But as we have opportunity, every time you have opportunity, every time that there's there's that chance for you to do something good, that's how often, every chance you get, every chance you get, Not someday, not tomorrow, not later. We can always think, you know, we're too busy. But we should be looking for opportunities to do good. I mean, if he created us for good works, shouldn't we be looking for those good works? Shouldn't we be looking for the opportunity to do something good? We ought to be asking the Lord. And when you pray in the mornings, don't... Don't just give God his, you know, orders for the day. But instead, ask the Lord, Lord, what good can I do today? Maybe you're, you're at a place and, you know, ask the Lord, what good could I do here? You're around some people. Lord, what good could I do? There's opportunities. He said, opportunity? As you have opportunity, as we have opportunity. That's what it said right there in verse 10. As we have opportunity. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16 in the NIV says this. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. See, here's... here's, foolishness is that we just kind of let our days pass us by and at the end of the day we say I don't know if I did anything good today or not well you know I went and I worked all day and provided for my family but what opportunities to do good did you miss that day See, make the most of every opportunity. That's the wise thing. That's the wise way to live, that you make the most of every opportunity, that you don't look back on a year and say, well, just another year. No, make the most of it every day. Look for those opportunities. 
Lord, what good can I do today? You know, it's, we never should brag or, you know, toot our own horn. I'm not, I don't want anybody to get that idea. But if you, if you were to look back on your day, what good can you list out that you did today? Was there some things that God gave you opportunity and you did some good? See, I, I want to get you started thinking this way because not, not just looking back, my point is, is that we start being intentional about it. That we start thinking about what good can I do today? What good can I do? Pray for somebody, encourage somebody, help somebody, lighten somebody's load. What good can I do? Hebrews 13, 16 says, don't forget to do good. <laughs> Sometimes we just forget. I mean, we, it's, not that we, it's not that we don't intend on doing something, but we just forget. But the scripture specifically tells us, don't forget. Don't forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. This is a sacrifice that we give to God. What is it? Doing good and sharing it's a sacrifice to God. We, are, we do good as unto the Lord. And it pleases God. But you know, a lot of the time sacrifices cost. There's a cost of time, energy, effort, sometimes money. There's a cost. But that sacrifice of doing good it pleases the Lord and honors the Lord. Don't forget, he said. Put it near the top of your list. I think it ought to be like this. Here's your list of priorities for the day. Pray. Thank you, brother. Pray. First thing, pray. Got to be first. Second, have time for the Word. That ought to be a priority in your life. That you look to the Word of God. You let the Word of God speak to you. Third, do good. Look for some ways that you can do good. I want to tell you, spiritual is as spiritual does. <laughs> we, we can talk the talk, but until we walk the walk, it isn't real. You got to do some good. That's all right. We're going to get there. But don't look back on a day and say, oh, I forgot to do good today. No, make up your mind. Put it on your priority list. I'm going to do some good today. If I don't do anything else, I'm going to do some good. Second, who do we do good to? He says, all men. All men. It's easy to do good to those who are good to you. Do you know even lost people do that? Even the pagans do that? They, they do good to the people that are good to them. Matthew 5, 44, Jesus says, I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. I think do good to those who hate you is the hardest one. 
It's the one that we have the hardest time getting around. Because here's the thing. Oh, I love my enemies. I, you know, we can say that. And we, we can kind of talk ourselves into that. I love my enemies. I love them. And we can say, you know what? I'm going to pray for them. You know, those people that mistreat me, I'm going to pray for them. God, I just pray that you would straighten them out in the name of Jesus. Get them, Lord. I'm praying for those people that persecuted me. Praise God. Lord, I just bless them. I bless, they curse me, but I bless them, Lord. Bless their heart. Listen, there's no way to get around this one. Do good to those who hate you. Oh, Lord, help me. Do good. Who's mistreated? See, we might, uh, nobody hates me, Lord. Everybody likes me. Nobody hates me. Okay, who has mistreated you? Who has wronged you? Who has ignored you? Come on now. That's who he's talking about here. And he says, do good to them. Who's done you wrong? He says, do good to them. Do good to them. You read on in the rest of these verses here in Matthew chapter 5, and he says, this is where our heavenly father is. He makes his son to shine on the evil and the good. And and we as his children, we're supposed to be like him, but do good to those who hate you. I want to tell you something. This will really set you apart. This will really make you look like a follower of Jesus when you do this. See, everybody can be good to their loved ones. Everybody can be good to their friends. But when you start doing good to that person that has wronged you and mistreated you and Oh, that's different. They're going to see your good works and they're going to glorify your father. You see, we're, we're drawing attention to him then. And I'm just telling you, this is really powerful when you do good to those who hate you. You do good to all men. Don't leave them out. Now, to do good to somebody... You actually have to do something. You have to do something that leaves them better off than before you cross their path. You got to do something. Do good to them means that you did something that benefits them in some way. You can give them something. You can minister to them in some way. It has to be some way that you're benefiting them, though. Doing good. You know what? It's really easy when they're nice to you. But man, when they wrong us, when they hate us, when we just don't like them. You know, at best, most of us, what we do is we just avoid them. Y'all don't get quiet on me. I know I'm talking about you. That's why I'm looking at the floor. (laughs) Somebody say, preacher is looking right at me when he said that. No, I'm talking about you. That's what we, that's what we tend to do, you know, because we're Christians, you know. We're not going to seek revenge because we're, we're good. So we just stay away from them, ignore them. No. You got to do good to them because here's what the Bible says next in James 4, 17. To him who knows to do good and does not do it, 
To him, it is sin. It's a sin for you to not do good to them. Jesus said, do good to those who hate you. It's a sin if we don't do it. It's just like if we went out and we did something the Bible says not to. This is where a lot of Christians, they base their spirituality or their, their obedience to God is, well, I didn't do any bad things. You know, I didn't do any of those big bad things like those sinners out there do. But to know to do good and to not do it, the Bible says it's a sin. And I know that the world sometimes makes fun of Christians about being good. But that usually has to do with our convictions about what we don't do. Do you know they don't ever make fun of us about us doing good to people? Y'all quiet. Y'all just thinking about that, right, I guess. But they don't, they don't make fun of us because we did good to somebody. No, they like to make fun of us because, you know, we don't drink like they do and we don't, you know, we don't smoke, we don't chew, we don't go with the girls that do. Sorry. <laughs> Cheap laugh. First <laughs> Peter 2.15. For this is the will of God. Anybody want to know the will of God? I mean, we, we all like to know the will of God. Should I buy this new car? You know, they're so expensive right now. You know, should I? We want, it, we want the specifics of the will of God. And I'm telling you, you should pray about those things, all right? But it's, you know, when we talk about the will of God, we always want to know about the details of life. But the scripture reveals the, the will of God to us. I think the whole Bible reveals the will of God to us. But there are certain times... When it just specifically says, this is the will of God. And here's what it says here. This is the will of God that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. And I'll go put them to silence because you out argued them. I mean, there's a lot of people in this world, it don't matter what you, how right you are, they're just too dumb to listen. But you put them to silence when you just do good. This is the will of God, that you do good to them and you put them to silence just by doing good. It puts us above reproach. It would just do good. See, when they treat you bad and you just keep doing good, there's nothing else they can say. Romans 12, 21 says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So when they mistreat you, when they're doing wrong, what do you do? Good. Do good to them. We have to do the right thing no matter what. Even when we don't feel like it, even when it violates our human sense of justice, even when somebody doesn't deserve it, oh, we do good to them because that's who we are. Not because of who they are. You know, what they do wrong, that's their problem. 
what you do is your problem. And our place, as the scripture says, is that we do good. It is all through the Bible. But I've lived long enough to see that when other people do wrong and they wrong a child of God, that our Lord will avenge. But he says, in fact, it's in that same passage of Romans 12, he says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And when he says it's mine, that means it belongs to him. And you don't take that from God. I want to tell you, he can avenge you much better than you can. I know we want to help him. You know, it's fun. (laughs) That's wrong. That belongs to God. I'll tell you what is fun, and and I'm going to try to have the right heart here, is that when you see God avenge you, and I don't mean that, that you get to laugh then because the Lord says if you laugh, that then he'll stop. But I'm just telling you, when you see that God does take care of his own, I'm just, I'm just testifying to you tonight. You can trust the Lord. You don't have to avenge yourself. You just do good. And God will settle the accounts. God will take care of you. Therefore, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Especially, especially, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. Especially your church family. Especially. In this church culture today, there are so many Christians who say, well, I'm a Christian, you know, it's me and Jesus. I don't care about being down there at the church house with all them hypocrites. I'll tell you, the devil is so at work in all of that. It's divide and conquer, separating Christians. They think they don't need the rest of the body of Christ. I mean, they're violating the principles of Scripture in a hundred different ways to get there and have that mentality and that attitude, and yet it's so predominant in church culture today. So many Christians say, I I don't want to go to church. I don't need to go to church. It's not really a new thing. I've heard that for 50 years. I heard it when I was a little kid. But it has just become so predominant. And I'm telling you, we're supposed to do good, especially to the household of faith. That means we just look for opportunities to bless our brothers and sisters in Christ, to encourage them, to help them, to lift them up. When they're going through a hard time to lighten their load, we're just looking for that opportunity to do good to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need that in the church. Go out of your way, especially to do good to your brothers and sisters in Christ. They say, well, they hadn't done nothing for me. Do good to them. How long should we do good to others? Well, he said, don't grow weary. Don't give up. Don't stop because you'll miss the harvest. See, the scripture makes it plain. We will reap, he says, if we don't faint, if we don't give up, if we don't stop. 
we, we will reap. But if we stop, if we give up, the harvest fails. So you got to keep sowing good. Keep doing good. You know, sometimes you feel like you've just been doing good and doing good. You've been sowing and sowing and sowing and you're not seeing that coming back in. Don't get weary in doing good. Don't get weary. Don't let yourself get tired and weary and want to give up. No, you just keep going. And here's why. Because you can trust God to keep his word. See, it might, it might be a long time. It might be a lot longer than what you wanted. But there is a harvest that's coming in. And you know what? This is the amazing thing. A lot, you see, a lot of the time we try to put God in a box, but I'm telling you, God will bless you in ways you never even imagined. Now, let me just clarify what I'm saying. Yes, he's talking about seed of doing good. You sow to the flesh, you reap destruction. You sow to the spirit, you reap life. Understand this, though. This, see, sometimes people say, well, I sowed this good deed, and so I'm going to get that specific thing back. That's not the way God works. Don't put God in a box and limit his blessing in your life. Realize that you sow this good seed. God blesses you with a harvest. It's not one seed coming back. There's a harvest that's coming. And you need to realize that's coming. So don't give up. Don't get weary. Galatians 6, 7, it said, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he'll also reap. See, there's this deception that sometimes that, well, we can sow bad seed and God will just look the other way because, you know, I put it under the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you, there's a harvest a lot of the time that comes in. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. God loves you. He forgives you. But people sow bad seed a lot of the time. There's a harvest that comes in. Don't be deceived. But it also works the other way. Don't let the enemy deceive you and talk you out of your harvest. There is a harvest. When we sow good seed, see, when we keep doing good, there is a harvest that's coming in. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Here's a great example of why we need our brothers and sisters. In the NIV, it says it this way. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds to do good. I hope somebody gets spurred on to do good tonight. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is why we, part of why we need to come together all the time. And I don't just mean for a service. I mean, it's why we need to get together with one another, why we need to have coffee together, why we need to go to a small group and get to know some other believers and build some relationships, you know, and, and take the chance that somebody may hurt your feelings. I mean, come on. You get together with, with a couple of people, sooner or later, somebody's going to hurt somebody's feelings, right? I mean, anybody in your family ever hurt your feelings? It just happens. In the body of Christ, yes, that happens. But I want to tell you something. We need these relationships to encourage one another daily because without it, we get tired. We get weary sometimes. 
We need somebody there. In fact, one of the ways that, you know, we, we see this attrition in church all the time where we got people coming in, but there's people going out. People, and, it, and it's not just, a lot of the time, it's not just, oh, well, they decided to go somewhere else. No, a lot of the time is that they, they got out of church. And I want to tell you, one of the ways we can stop that is by encouraging one another daily. Just constantly encouraging. Everybody needs encouragement. And I, I'm just, I'm saying this is part of why we come together. is so we can encourage one another to love and good deeds. Just to keep going, keep doing. Build one another up. John Wesley said, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, and all the ways you can, and all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Pretty well said. Fourth, what is the end result of doing good? I've already been talking about it. It's a harvest. If you sow it, you're going to reap a harvest. It's going to come in. Doing good to others, and I'm going to tell you, you will reap good from others. Understand this, though, about sowing and reaping. Listen, I can assure you that Jesus only sowed good. And yet, there were those who did terrible things, hateful things to Jesus. And you can sow lots of good, and there's still going to be ugly people. There's still going to be people that do hurtful things. And you're going to say, hey, I didn't sow that. That's right. But we live in a wicked world with fallen man, and we have an adversary, the devil. But know this, that you do have a harvest that's coming in when you do good. And when we do good to those that don't deserve it, it is not a natural thing. Amen? I mean, that doesn't come natural. It's a supernatural thing. It is God in us doing good to other people. That's a supernatural thing. And I'm telling you, it has a supernatural impact. And it has a supernatural harvest. I don't know how excited you might get about this, but in, in Luke chapter 10 and 2, it says, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest send laborers into his harvest. And I, I just want you to realize that he's talking about a harvest of souls here. And I, I really do believe this, that part of that harvest is we do good. I'm telling you, we're going to have an impact on people. It's going to make a difference in this dark world. They're going to see our good works and glorify our Father, it's going to change lives as we're doing good. See, it's not enough for us to just talk the talk and, you know, tell them the gospel. They need to see that we are real, that we're genuine, that there's something life-changing about our faith. And they see that when we're doing good, especially when it's unexpected, especially when they don't deserve it. Doing good. Powerful. Powerful principle. If we just do good. Ephesians 6, 8 says, Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. Wow. Whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. What a fantastic promise. 
people may not repay you good, but he will. Whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether slave or free, doesn't matter who you are. You do good, you got a promise. You're going to receive the same from the Lord. And he is always just. I'll tell you something else. You can't outgive God. You just, when you start to get weary and doing good, you feel like it's not working. It had not, just remember, you're going to receive the same from the Lord. You got a reward coming. You got a harvest coming. Just keep on doing good. I couldn't help but think of Matthew 25 tonight where Jesus says to the righteous that they clothed him when he was naked, that they fed him when he was hungry, that they visited him in prison, and they came when he was sick. And they said, when, Lord? And he says, when you did it to the least of these. Just do good. Just do good. Look for opportunities to do good every day. Just make it a lifestyle that we, this is who we are. This is how we are in the community, that we just want to do good, help people whatever way that we can. Some of you may have gotten weary doing good. I hope that tonight you just get re-energized to go back and start doing good again. Back in the field, sowing that good seed. Some of you, maybe you've allowed yourself to judge who's worthy of good and who isn't. Well, it's time that you just turn that over to the Lord. That's not yours to bear. Some of you, you know you've been missing opportunities. Be intentional about it. Maybe you just need to make up your mind that you're going to go out of your way to do good. Maybe there's some specific things that you know you need to do to do good. Sometimes those opportunities pass and you can't go back and recover them. But sometimes there's opportunities that are just there waiting for you. They've been there and it's time for you to seize that opportunity to do good. However God is dealing with you tonight, I just pray that we would all be doers of the word, not hearers only. Stand with me. We're going to dismiss in prayer.